Hello and welcome to the 90 Minutes Cynic podcast. I'm your host, Chris Gallagher, and I am joined by, as always, Louis McCaffrey. As always, but I wasn't here last week, but yes, great Yeah, to as be always, here. but you weren't here last week. Thanks for making a dick of me straight off the pod. Uh, we've got Twitter for that right now. So, um, Martin, Martin Friel. Hello. Um, great to have you back, Martin. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Good stuff. Uh, how are you, Martin? How have you been? What have you been up to? Um, Sporting a lovely gingham shirt. Is this, is, this what I mean? is this what Gingham is? That's what Gingham is. That's a Gingham shirt. Blue and white Gingham shirt. It's one of H&M's finest. I've got the red one. I think I might have the red one too. There you go. We should maybe, you know, mix and match. Louis, you got a purple one? I've got one the exact same from Hollister. Yeah. What that, is Hollister? It's a young and trendy, trendy place for young and trendy people. So it's not for me. That's fine. It's not really for me either. Uh, Martin's beard's terrific. It's very nice and, and nice and trim. Um, it, it's trim. Yeah, good stuff. How's fatherhood treating you? We okay it's, to say that? Yeah, it's boss. Yeah, boss, boss, it's boss. You, yeah. and, you and Christian uh, on the on the track. Louis, you got something to tell us? <laughs> I've got something to show you. Something to show us? I mean, it's a podcast. No one else will be able to see it, but you two will be able to see it. Have you got a tattoo? He's on the money. <laughs> what? I have not just got one tattoo, Christopher. I've got two tattoos. When did this happen? Today? No. Oh, yesterday. Jeez, Louise. Let's see the tattoos. Right. We'll, we'll put. I'm going. I'm going to put a mic down. You guys need to. Okay. So, come what, up with it. what's your favourite type of tattoo? <laughs> Do you know what? I have that incredible phobia of needles, so this is the last thing I'd ever consider. I'm very similar to you. I'm not a fan of needles myself. Uh, Louise taking his top off. Oh, are you? What it's a bit dark in here, air. I can't quite see what it is. Um, just one second, we'll post pictures of this. That's not a real tattoo, that's a jokey... Um, <laughs> what the hell do you mean? Transfer. What? what? Is I don't even know what they are. It's Batman. Oh, okay. I get matching Batman tattoos. Louis been in the pub all day, I'm guessing. <laughs> no, not today, it was yesterday. I was in the pub all day yesterday. And you decided it would be funny to have... No, you know you know the, the packs of fake candy cigarettes and you get a tattoo in the back? This is why yes. we are one of the most hated podcasts on the internet. I thought that was a pretty hipster thing to do. Yeah, well, you are hipster Celtic, aren't you? <coughs> there we go. I bet you never suspected me, you know. <laughs> no. No. Uh, no, so, five in a row. Almost, you know, we're pretty much at the finish line. Celtic played, uh, I was impressed with them at the weekend. Uh, Martin, we'll bring you in and get your thoughts in just a second. But it finished 3-1 to Celtic. Um, Griffiths with a great goal. Um, five minutes before the goal, I think someone shouted, I mean, why didn't we sign Suter? I think that might be the reason we didn't sign Suter. Uh, Martin, what did you think of the game? It was a good game, but it kind of just reminded me of how frustrated I've been with Celtic all season, and that there were periods during the game where I thought, you know, I'm enjoying this. This is high tempo, good passing. We're we're taking a team apart, and then we just instantly just do something stupid, give the ball away. I just thought Hearts were pretty poor. They they've more or less packed it in for this season. So yeah, they're on their holidays. Eh? Aye. So I, I thought we were impressive, but it just reminded me of oh, why why can't we just be playing well consistently throughout the season? What's our problem? Uh, you, you raise a really good point, and I think that's something that uh, I think Christian is one to quickly quite point out. We play so well in patches, you know. You and you go to every home game, and you know you'll see patches of maybe 
10 or 15 minutes where we play really and we could go back to examples of like European games at the beginning of the season the qualifiers certainly uh, but it's like 10 or 15 minutes and you're like okay we're really on a roll here we're going and then as you say someone gives the ball away people then start to lose a wee bit of confidence and you were on the back foot again yeah um, what I do I like it when we play 4-3-3 just now I like having the three midfielders in the centre of the park I think we get a lot out of McGregor when we play that position in the point. middle uh, out of the, the three guys at the moment that are playing in that position he's the one that is best at that sort of transition of connecting midfield to attack I think his movement's excellent um, if you watch the, the first goal back he draws two guys in lays it off to Lustig and is that an assist for Lustig then? Um, yeah, I think it is. Could be, Good. could be, yeah. Good. Um, but it, so, for, from McGregor's point of view, I, I don't see many other guys who are willing to actually draw players in yeah. and create space for other guys in the team. And when you, we're playing, eighty percent of our games are against park buses. You need guys to use their head and actually draw players in, create space for everybody else. So he's one of the few guys that's actually doing it in the middle. I mean. Brown and Bitton. We'll, we'll get to those guys, right, because I want to bring Lou in. I think you make an excellent point in terms of drawing people in. He absolutely does, but it's the weight of the pass as well for that. I thought the weight of the pass for Lustig um, was phenomenal, and then Lustig, he just took care of business. Didn't he? Yeah. Uh, what did you think of... Uh, of uh, oh, uh, McGregor's a good one to kind of focus on at the moment. I mean... He started his career um, at Parkhead, and I think I think it was myself and Sermani. Everyone was raving about him, and he was playing well. But myself and Sermani were maybe, you know, a bit more cautious, and maybe thought that he's the highlight of a kind of really poor team. You were negative. Negative, yeah, yeah. fair enough. Um, then he's went off the boil, but I'll be the first to admit I, w- I was wrong. I think he's this season again not in the team at all. Head down, worked hard for it. And look what happens when you, instead of moaning about not getting an opportunity, instead of turning around saying, well, I have to leave for first-team football, he's got his head down and he's uh, he's earned his place. Louis, thoughts? Yeah, no, I've, I've been a fan of him for for a while, to be fair. I think he gives you a lot of energy that we don't have, as as you were saying there about, kind of, mentioned Beaton. Beaton, as we've said so many times, he slows the game down half the time. He's good because he can be a calming influence sometimes and you need that sometimes, but often he just slows it down and McGregor is the one guy who can give you a bit of energy and a bit of something in the middle of the park. So, um, One thing I was quite impressed with him, I have been kind of over the, over the piece, but especially at the weekend, he can accept the ball in very tight situations. And we don't have a lot of players that can do that. A lot of the time, Kazim Richards, for example, his first touch is horrendous. He, he, he can't control the ball uh, with his first touch. Whereas McGregor, he can. he's more than happy to take, take the ball into his feet when he's maybe got two or three men round about him. And he seems to always either, you know, keep the ball or manage to kind of get a wee last minute pass away before he before you think he's going to lose it so I think he's I think he's definitely I think whoever the new manager is when he comes in I think McGregor has got to be somebody that he seriously considers being a starter um, is he technically the best player in the, in, the, in the first team you think McGregor no who's the, who's the best technical player you think probably um, maybe Bitton um, I 
I don't even know how to really define what we mean by technical. Do we mean? I mean, the, the, the best touch, best, best touch, touch, best pass, or best. I, I think when when Bitton wants to be, he probably could be the most tactical, or sort of the, the best executor of, of controlling the ball and passing it. Um, probably natural ability. You're probably looking at Griffiths actually in terms of when he's on form. If you're looking for a guy to uh, take one touch and then stick it in the top corner, then, then he's your man. Um, just some stats, just to kind of make, put it in perspective, because we'll have a stat. Celtic get 55% possession, um, 10 shots, 7 of those on targets. Compare that to Hearts, 6 shots, 2 on target. Disappointingly, the 2 shots and they scored from 1. I mean, that's... What did you think of the goal? Oh, I did my head in. It was, it was Brown losing the ball. It was then bit on pretty half-arsed chasing back just sort of bounced off Zivichenko made an effort but in all fairness it was a bit too late but also the midfield should have had that sword from yeah. I mean the guy ran from the halfway line yeah he didn't I mean, even run at pace he just kind of ran nobody near him no one tracking him no and the finish it was, was alright but it, it was it was so frustrating to watch because we've seen that a hundred times this season is that sort of goal the sort of goal that kind of defines Dyla's reign in a lot of ways just unorganised it was kind of unorganised I think but I mean even the fact that it was Brown who lost the ball as well like uh, you know the players who should be you should be counting on you shouldn't have to really even think about your captain in central midfield losing the, I'm not saying he shouldn't <laughs> never lose the ball but I, I was more annoyed with everybody loses the ball but you can't let a guy run from the halfway line all the way to effectively into the the eighteen yard box. Just do that. See if you turn it like that. Uh huh. That's a stuff. How's that? It tickles my beard when I do that. Well, maybe that's a little bit of pleasure that comes with speaking. <sighs> anyway, over to you, Louis. <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. No, it it just does my head in watching a, a player run for that distance right way through the mid- the spine of your team. Nobody challenging him, and then stick it in the bottom corner. But then it was also one of those ones he had to pass on. It, it was the other player supporting him that made it, really. Because yeah. the two centre-halves were stuck in a... Make, because, a, make because, a challenge, because, I know, but because Tierney wasn't back, and Tierney was, Tierney was still kind of jogging back... No, in fact, he wasn't jogging, he was sprinting. He was trying his hardest to get back. Listen, right. Right, he's not infallible. But, okay? um, he's, he's, it's okay, he can make a mistake. He we're did not actually gonna, make a couple of mistakes. We're not going to hold that against but him. anyway... Um, it was more more the kind of situation, and that just that can just happen as well. Uh, the thing that would annoy me most is just players not running, absolutely sprinting back to help out their teammates. That's yeah, I, I mean that that's one thing that kind of annoys me, and I think we've we've touched on this throughout the season. There seems to be a lack of spirit at times in the squad. Uh, we saw it when we talked last week about when Patrick Roberts missed against. And you know, in the semi final, and no one came up to put their shoulder around them, no one came up to say, you know, more chances will come. You know, when um, the penalty is missed as well, Rogic as well. That that really frustrates me. I, I don't understand why there wouldn't, and maybe that lets us into maybe an insight into maybe there's a bit of a fractured dressing room. I mean, that's what, well, whether it's true or not, that's kind of what were maybe led to believe, you know, with Dyla saying that there were certain players who maybe weren't on his side from the start and stuff, you know. The thing is, you've seen the celebrations after the game and and the the players being together and with the fans and and celebrating what looks like another title, and yet you don't see any of that kind of joy or even 
relaxed kind of attitude when you're in a game. I watched the highlights of PSG's game, uh, I think it was yesterday, and the PSG players were like smiling. Like they look genuinely happy to be playing football. One of uh, Maxwell, I don't know if anybody's seen Maxwell's goal, but it was an absolute stunner of a goal. And so, but he scored, and pretty much every everybody bar the goalkeeper ran up to celebrate with him. Everybody is absolutely loving life. Very rarely this season have we really seen Celtic players play with a smile on their face, and I think that kind of tells you. A lot about about a squad and, and where they are. Mm, see, I think folk can get overly caught up in are the squad all happy together. I mean, if you, it's the workplace. You're gonna like some folk more than other folk. It's in the grand scheme of things, everybody gets on with everybody that they work with, and you just it's no big deal. So it doesn't bother me that they're not all best pals or they're not all patting each other in the back. The, the only thing that I would expect is. When somebody on the pitch is clearly having a bit of a stinker and needs either a boot up the arse or an arm round the shoulder, there's not enough leaders in the pitch just for a, to take a split second to, you know, acknowledge somebody else on the pitch needs a bit of a, a boost. Uh, and yeah, I, I don't think that's just Brown. I think there's there should be other players on the pitch as well that recognise that. Gordon's okay at it sometimes, but I, I, I do think that just comes with a bit more experience and uh, just a bit more sort of mental strength throughout the team. You know, I'm a, obviously I'm a, I'm a, a Lustig fan. Um, I think he's been culpable of that. Not it seems to get in the face of referees more than um, you know. He, he loves a Barney. Uh, does does Lustig? Yeah. I don't know if maybe that's his sort of way of thinking. He's getting over with the crowd by getting him. In a lot of ways, it is. Um, but yeah, so I mean, we finished three-one. Um, Griffith's goal was wonderful. It was wonderful in, in terms of just sticking it to, to someone who was having a go at him. He got booked. Did you see the remember the booking that Griffiths got booked for? It was quite similar to um, Cousin Richards getting booked as well. And that it just nothing. It, there, there was nothing in it. I I didn't even think either player really needed booked. Do you think Cousin Richards' uh, sort of reputation or supposed reputation maybe went ahead of him there? I think it was more to do with the, probably the atmosphere. Tynecastle's pretty intimidating, and, yeah. and when fans are, you're, you're so close to the pitch there. When the fans get into it, and they clearly felt something was wrong because the Osh- was it Oshinewa? Oshinewa, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. There yeah. You go. nailed it. Boom. Yep, that won't happen again. Nah, um, especially with me as well. Exactly. <laughs> so I mean. He was rolling about. So, uh, immediately, I, f- I did think you can't run a roll about like that and not have like a stud in the back of the head or yeah. something like that. It must have been painful, and then obviously the camera showed that there was, there was no there. contact whatsoever. But I, I can understand the referee going, "Right, what's going on with you there?" The fans are wanting him sent off. Yeah. He's probably thought, "Do you know what? I don't know quite what's happened here. I'm going to take the easy road. Give him a yellow, and we'll just move on. Move on from there." Louis, it's good to see you. Thanks, man. As always, um, Colin Chasm Richard scored. A really good goal, I thought. I thought he, he took it really well. Good technique and uh, the first kind of real showing of him having something in the locker that maybe we didn't think of. What do you think of his performance overall? Uh, frustrating. Frustrating at times. His, his first touch, as I said earlier, was horrendous, um, which is which is a worry. But then at the same time, he, get, he does genuinely give you a kind of physical presence that we don't have anywhere else in the team. I mean, we don't really have another striker. 
I mean, who, like, you, he doesn't play in a striker role, and you wouldn't really imagine, he's not going to get you, you know, even 10 goals a season. So you wouldn't class him as a striker. Calton Cole, he's just strutting about, which is great. He's plenty of strengths, but he's not. <laughs> he's, 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 he's not a striker. Um, we really only have Griffiths, um, which is a wee bit of a worry, but it was good to see him obviously score. I think... I do think he's what he's came into this club, and you know he he's been almost tarred with the brush that many players are tarred with when they come to Celtic. If you don't hit the ground running and score in your first couple of games, then people start questioning you, and that's going to happen at a big club. Obviously, I'm a massive club, but I think we can be particularly bad at not giving players a fair. And judging people on their Chance. reputation, um, the fact yeah. that we bought him from Wolves, and people said it was a terrible signing, and we were downsizing, and you know, and then he came and he scored forty goals. I think when it comes to Celtic being linked with, with players, we just have to let them. And this is what I've said from the start: let them succeed or fail on their own merits. Scott Allen is he good enough? Maybe, but we're never going to know unless he gets an opportunity. Stuart Armstrong, I'll be the first to admit it. He's disappointed. Played that position, but. Play him in the right position, and if he's not good enough, then fine, we can move him on. But if we're going to invest in people, and we're going to actually put, if we want to develop and you know make these players either sellable assets, which I know is a horrible thing, or mainstays in the first team for the next five or six years, ten years, if you know if, if, if they're interested, then we have to play them. Let them, let you know, let, yeah. let, give them enough rope to hang themselves with, or take the opportunity. Grow for that brass ring, which is a phrase I've heard American people use. I don't know what that means. It must but be must be another part of town. I've never heard that either. But you know, he's. I think he, what he's got a two, two and a half year deal, is it? Um, Kazim Richards. Aye, I think it's yeah, two and yeah. a half, two and a half year deal. And <laughs> Carl Cole's got the whole of next. He's got an eighteen, an eighteen month deal, didn't he? Aye, he deserves it. Um, I think. Why do you want? You know. He's, he shouldn't be playing, we shouldn't be giving him a wage if he's not even close to being near, and don't get me wrong, whether he's getting a pay-as-you-play deal or not, you know Carton Cole, he seems like a really nice guy, and that's great, and he seems like he could be a really good Careful. Um, ambassador. Careful. Well, okay, sorry. Um, that was a bit personal. Um, Where are you going here? My point is, he should not be anywhere near our first team, because he's... he's but pa- he's not, though. He's, but he's yeah. nowhere near our first so team. So why does he get a contract? Because um, we buy... We stockpile players. We shouldn't. We we we, we should have a squad of like twenty two, twenty three. We've got a squad of about forty. Yeah. We get we stockpile. Players. We get absolutely. We get absolutely done. Is it was, it's probably the same agent that has Delk. I'm. Uh, there's this guy. He's a striker. He's from the Premier League. He scored a couple of goals <laughs> in his career. He, he, he scored in the Premier League. Most of his goals uh, came in the championship. Can, you can have him. His name rhymes with goal. If he, he fits this into your wage point. bracket, law must have fallen. No, 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 no. Fuck all that. It rhymes with goal. That's where they've got us. That's where they've got us. It rhymes. And with you goal. should see him walk. <laughs> uh, I mean, what did you, uh, that that game? I actually thought we showed a lot of character yesterday because we went one each, and again we could have just kind of crumbled a little bit, but we didn't. Um, we, we performed well in, in patches. We could have crumbled. Have you seen us this we, season? We could have crumbled, but we, we're playing against a team that's on its holidays. So yeah, no, I know. Hearts, uh, I think if we'd had that game 
uh, earlier in the season, then we would have had a really difficult match and probably would have well, remember drawn the, or lost it. But Hearts heart, have packed it in this season. But remember the the game at Parkhead when we conceded Jamie Walker's terrific goal early doors, and again that's that was one of the other games where we really showed a lot of character. We've not necessarily done it a lot this season. Yeah, I would probably say I was more impressed with that yeah. uh, game than I was uh, during the week. Although, having said that, I did actually enjoy watching the game on Saturday. So, yeah. and that I think that's the kind of main main factor when when it's became this season. To me, it's felt like a bit. I love Celtic more than anything, and it's felt like not necessarily a bit of a chore. But you know, you're turning up and you're just going. You're not expecting the best. We should be expecting at least a good performance. I don't always expect to win. I'm not that, you know, I don't think anybody should expect to win. Because it's, fo- it's a, at the end of the day, it's like, I'm at a game of football, it's 11 men versus 11. But I should al- I always expect Celtic to play to a high, a certain standard. And that's just been missing. Uh, Louis? Yes, brother. What are your thoughts on Paul Lambert um, being brought in as manager? Um, we saw... During the week that he will, he's taken a clause in his contract to Blackburn, and he will be leaving at the end of the season. He will be a free agent in terms of management. And the rumours, the various rumours, are that it's it's all good to go, and Celtic have uh, have lined them up. How would that how would that make you feel? Uh, Underwhelmed. What have I told you about phones? No, it's for the podcast. I'm looking up the manager odds. All right, okay, fair enough. But he was as soon as Lambert um, jumped ship with Blackburn, his odds went from like ten to one to thirteen to eight on or something. I mean, he, well, he, he's uh, the bookies instantly went for him. Yeah, yeah. He's now two to one. Um, David Moyes is four to one. Michael O'Neill's next best at ten to one, and then you've got Brendan Rodgers at twelve to one. Um, I don't know. I, I think I think Paul Lambert. Would be the best of the rest. I think if if you were to take out of the, out of the list that's been linked with us, I think Brendan Rodgers would be my personal number one. But that's never going to happen. Davy Moyes would be my number two, but that's never going to happen. And then out of the rest of them, Paul Lambert is probably the best of the rest. I'd say. Um, is it going to happen? I don't know. It seems. I I don't know if it. It seems to me to be more a case of people putting two and two together and just coming up with what they want. I mean, Blackburn. The Blackburn situation that he's in not is pretty dire. That the the owners aren't investing any money in it. I think he's been kind of mucked about a bit. He had the option to leave. It was in his contract. Obviously, he must have put that in at the beginning because he was a bit worried about it and he's now exercised it so I don't know if, if it's just really to write headlines more than anything else I mean he, mu- he must be under consideration now fair enough but is he the man that we had set out to get when we knew that Ronnie was leaving? Probably not um, Thoughts on Lambert coming in as manager? I I'm I'm glad that we haven't just gone ahead and, and made a managerial decision immediately because uh, I think if we had, we probably would go down go for Lambert and uh, I think Celtic need to be really careful about who they choose as our next manager. So I, I I'm kind of with Louis in that I would I would accept Lambert, but I think I'd pre- probably be more accepting of this situation we've got ourselves in. 
ideally I think we need somebody who is able to um, mix mix it up a little bit and not just have one tactical solution to every game, which I think is where Dial has fallen down. Yeah, we we definitely need somebody who, is, when they're watching the game, realizes that something's not working here and need to change it up. Exactly, they need to have a solution for the part bus scenario, which. It, it can be a surprise to any boss. That, well, that's that's an excellent point. But when you watched uh, Dialist teams so often, we just continued with the same tactic with the hope that something would work. Um, the only way you're going to break teams down uh, when they're parking the bus is to give them something that they weren't expecting. You've got to you've got to change it. That's either moving players around or making the ball do the work. You've got to do something, but far too often we were waiting for Bitton or Brown just to pass it side to side, and it was crab football, and it was it was pretty predictable, really. And we made a lot of teams look better than they were. Yeah. Kilmarnock in particular, because they were able to figure out pretty early that if you isolate Griffiths, then we're more or less null and void. Yeah, Dundee did that to great effect as yeah. well. So I, I, I don't really know who I want as Celtic manager. I'm more thinking about the sort of attributes I want from them. And... I don't know. I, I think it'd be harsh to judge Lambert on Aston Villa because it looks like there's so many different things that have gone on in that club. And actually, maybe he's done an actually a really good job keeping them up for as long as they did. Because I mean, they're a busted flush now. Yeah. Norwich looked like it was an amazing job actually. Because did he not horse them like seven 0 when he was with Colchester? Exactly. And then in the following week, they they binned the gun them. and they brought him in and. To go from getting horse seven nil to then back to back promoted. promotions, was exactly. It? So, I think he's got attributes. Twenty four months ago, we probably looked at him going. By the way, yeah. he's our man. So it's it's hard, but I kind of want Celtic to really think about it and come up with somebody that isn't just going to make us a, a credible team. It, it can need somebody to take us to the next level and challenge some of the ways that we're we're going about our business just now as well. Challenge the board as to. You know, are so, we doing things the right way? So you'd be looking for a man who is his own man. Exactly. And and that's one of the things about Lambert. He's not been... He, he's put out some certain stipulations to the Venkies, <clears throat> not been fulfilled, and he's walked away. There's a big difference between having been your own man and then just walking away. So I, I don't know enough about what's going on at Blackburn. Yeah, the, the situation. I mean, I'm not, again, we're not going to bore you with stats, but from a win percentage ratio, Norwich 49.3%, got them got them two promotions. Um, Wickham before that 44%, 44.2%, Villa 29.6%. So again, as we said, Villa's really hard to, to really, really judge that that club is in a lot of turmoil. Um, so you don't necessarily know who you want to be the manager. You you wouldn't. There's no one that really. No. I well, mean, what about Rogers? Would you not I, be interested I, in Rogers? Or I, I read, immediately, I thought yes. I thought Rogers. Yeah, that's that's the man. And then I thought, well, actually, what is it I like about Rogers? And I looked back in some of the four eyes articles I wrote. I double checked them. I thought, oh, you know what? I've really slagged off Brendan Rogers <laughs> for being an absolute tool. So I I, I think. The season, the exceptional season he had with Liverpool, a lot of that was down to just Suarez was literally world class and, and taking that league apart. There was definitely elements that Rodgers had on that and that he built a really strong group of players and they got some excellent results. Would, Ma- well. would Martin O'Neill have been successful as successful without Larson? Um, 
probably no, no. Of course he wouldn't, because when you have world class players, then then they are going to make big. I, I just think it's games. a bit it's a bit tough when you know I was having this discussion with, with Marek on Friday, and you mentioned the whole Suarez scenario. Um, hi, Marek. Um, and basically, it was the same sort of you know thingy. Well, you know they had Suarez. It's like, yeah, he had Suarez. He managed a team that had Suarez in it. Larson did more for Celtic than any other player pretty much in that in that run to Seville and he was world class but you you, you manage what you've got yeah. and so I think it's tough to say okay oh, wouldn't have been successful without Suarez no, it's the players that, you've got do you know what I mean I, I think I'm just trying to look at well actually what did he achieve and then and I, he did well at Liverpool but ultimately he got the sack because that following season he was absolutely stinking but then at, at, at the same time he he gave them a very real possibility of winning the league. Came, came and if it wasn't feet away, if it wasn't for Steven Gerrard slipping, you know, slipping. But then that's also an issue. He he shoehorned. He probably shoehorned Steven Gerrard into that team longer than what he should have. But because of it being Steven Gerrard, you know, he was in a difficult position where he he couldn't drop him. Yeah, that's kind of what if he was to come to Celtic, that's kind of what he's going to end up facing here. Obviously, Scott Brown is not Steven Gerrard, but in terms of it's the club captain, he's getting to the end of his career. He's probably not good enough now to be in the team every week. But do you keep him in just because of who he is? I I, I would like a manager that would be bold enough to say no. There's someone better in your position. I'm putting them in. Yeah, there's a few things that do draw me to Rogers. One, you'll he has an excellent knowledge of British football and will be able to help us identify potential sort of hidden gems down south Agreed. that I think we have to just keep tapping away at. I know a lot of the guys that we bring up, you, you instantly want to send back down south again, but there are a couple that have actually paid off dividends for us, and, and I think we need to keep tapping that. He also did bring through quite a, a lot of young players and wasn't scared to put a, an 18 or 19-year-old in at centre midfield. We keep hearing about how good our youth team is and we win every league going. I think we've won like the the development league like six times in seven years or something ridiculous like that. We, we should be bringing these guys in. and it, the, the weekend was a prime example. We all know what Effie Ambrose can do or not do. <laughs> The, we should have brought in an, uh, Kelleher or another one of the youngsters and said right here's a good wee test for you, you you've already won the development league how do you fancy a wee trip to Tynecastle even putting them on the bench yeah I, I think the, I w- the, the other thing I would just say quickly on Rogers. Rogers is probably also out of the whole list he's probably the closest in terms of philosophy and things to Dyla so if you want a wee bit of continuity in terms of the vision and, and things that he's set up for the youth squad and all that, you kind of want someone with similar ideals that can carry the work forward. Obviously someone who's going to have kind of other advantages that Dyla didn't have, but the likes of, say, Davy Moyes, who his Everton team, although successful in what they did, they weren't particularly, he wasn't particularly playing a, a real attractive brand of football. Or that wasn't his sole goal. It was more about trying to step up that table. Even other other people in the list, you know, Rogers for me sticks out as being someone who would carry on what Ronnie's doing. I still don't think it would ever happen, but you know, we can wish. We also we need a manager who's got something to prove as well. 
So, yeah. so I think both Moyes and Rogers have had their fingers burnt and want their ne- their both their jobs, both their next jobs have to be successful. Otherwise, they're, they're just going to sort of fall by the wayside, really. So, yeah, that, that's that's something that's appetising as well about both of them. Actually, I think it's an interesting point you make about Rogers being the most sort of. Um, closest in philosophy to Dyla and it's it's interesting because as as you say that you know if you do bring in a Moyes or a Lambert that is going to be a flip side it's going to be the flip away from sort of progressive even though we've not necessarily got it from Dyla sort of high press and progressive sort of free-flowing football which we were promised but that that's part of the the problem and I think Dyla's way of playing football will work for certain teams. It just doesn't work for Celtic because that tactic of high pressing, pressing's all about when you've not got the ball. When we're at home, we've got the ball. So you can press all you like, but we've already got the ball. And that that sort of system was never designed to uh, break down parked buses. And what we do need is somebody who can... I don't think Celtic should ever set up in a league game depending on the opposition because we'll always have the better players so we should play to our strength but there should be times where we think about who we're playing against and think a bit more clever about well actually do you know what there's no point in us playing two wingers here or if we are going to play wingers we're going to have to stretch the game so make sure the right foot guy is on the right hand side and left foot is on the left foot side and, and stretch the game that way so I'm not that fussed about this whole progressive Blah 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 because I don't actually think blah, 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 blah. I don't think it actually exists. I, I think there are certain managers who can inspire players to play great football, but I think you also have to be aware of actually what are the circumstances that your team's likely going to play in. And our circumstances, particularly at home, are we're going to have all the ball. We've got to find a way of using it that's actually productive. Great points. I agree, I agree with them as well. Um, we've got uh, we've got some questions. Let's try and hit on the, the, the questions. Paul McQueen asks or makes a, a point. Philip Koku is the ideal next manager for me, but given that he's not shite or a racist, will he be on the shortlist? <laughs> um, I guess the racist would be Malcolm McGowan. So, can anybody or can you tell me what Philip Koku's done other than he was a really good Dutch midfielder and now he's a manager in Holland he is uh, he's doing very well with with PSV um, and he's still the manager of PSV and that's why we won't get him that to me just kind of looks like surfing the internet for an interesting name rather than actually where's the the evidence I don't watch Dutch football so I don't know um, Paul uh, Paul McQueen that's Brian Brian's in his Dutch football aye Gabba Brian Gabby yeah. Ryan, yeah, but so Paul Paul um, offers that that would be his choice. I'm, gu- I'm guessing Paul watches I, Dutch I, football. I think there's probably would be ten a penny listing guys like Philip Koku. Or, or, I, I wouldn't think we would get him. But I, I don't, I don't, I can't answer that. I don't know if he'd be good or not because I don't know what he does. And also, does he know what we do? Does he understand the the problem Celtic have got? Well, um, let's get let's get uh, Philip on the Skype. The thing, the thing is, I think. Bad dog. Joke. Calm down, Martin. In general, that's it. <laughs> Mike dropped. I think this. You would have to say. I've said this in the WhatsApp, but you would have to say that this um, kind of project with Dialer, if you want to look at it that way, has been a, a a bit of a failure for the Celtic board, and 
they really need to get this right. They really need to get the right person. Um, because they can't handle having another failure, twi- like two failures in a row. It's just not going to happen. Um, so I think they have to go for a name. They have to go for someone that the fans are going to recognise and immediately be able to relate with. You're not going to. It's not going to be another Ronnie Dyler. It's not going to be someone totally left field again because they get the fingers burnt with that. I think over the piece. Yes, he's a really nice guy. Anybody who says that he's not a really nice guy, you'd have to question. But still, there is a lot of people, Celtic fans, that would say that. He wasn't very good. And a lot of people didn't really give him a fair hearing at the start because they didn't know who he was. I don't think it necessarily it's not very good. It's just it's not worked out. you know. And, and I think that's because no, I, I don't think his tactics or the way in which he wanted to play football works for a club in our situation. Much the same as Leicester are playing cracking football. Wouldn't he work with us? Because we have all the possession... Leicester have, what, 35% possession with yeah. the, 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 the skull teams and the, the counter-attack. Wouldn't he work for us? I think it's the same with Dyla. His tactics, he didn't respond to the situations we were in. Would that, in a way, rule out Moyes, though? Considering, you know, he's, he's at Everton, he sort of played that counter-attack in football. At Manchester United, it didn't really work. Okay, it didn't maybe work for other reasons. Um, would he maybe have to change his philosophy? Or how, I'm kind of hoping if Moyes was appointed, man- managers gain <laughs> as they gain experience are able to figure this out rather than you know going. I've only got one way of playing football. Surely a smart manager looks at the players they've got available, looks at how they've performed in the past, and figure out right how's the best way I can get you guys on a pitch performing at a level that's going to beat the other team. And then once you've mastered that, it's right, how am I going to make this a little bit better so that the fans are a bit uh, happy about it as well? And then when you come to really big ties like Europe or Aberdeen away, going, do you know what? Maybe this is a batting down the hatches moment. Let's just get the result and worry about the performance later. Yeah, agreed. Um, thoughts on... <laughs> we'll come back, we can come back to, you know... If you... <laughs> The, the football, the, sorry, the managerial merry-go-round in terms of us being linked with certain people, certain people coming out with statements. Um, it's going to go on for the next couple of weeks. So is there anything else you want to kind of mention on that just today? Is there anything else you want to get off your chest, Martin? Um, I'm just, I, I'm glad that it, they're not, they've not just jumped straight in and named somebody because I do think this is a really important choice that they make. So One of the uh, most important for, for quite a while. Well, yeah, because every managerial appointment is important, but um, I I think there's, I think we've got some fairly decent foundations, but they could easily crumble away if we get it wrong again. Yeah. So I think we've got some really strong youth players that we can utilise. We've got some, we've got a lot of crud that just needs swept away. That that's that's the board's job. That's not really the manager's job. It's it's the board to try and clear away and sort of. cut our wages down and give the manager some money to play with but I think if you were to to bring through some of those youth guys and have an opportunity to bring in one or two really strong performers that go straight in the first team we're probably not that far away from having a decent side it, but it's going to take quite a strong personality to, to get that going Yeah. Although, although I agree it's good that we didn't rush into it I think things need to start happening I, 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 would, I would like to know who the manager is going to be 
very quickly after the for your next the, tattoo. The, uh, yeah, for my next <laughs> tattoo. Very, very quickly after the last game of the season, because that that guy has to. He is going to be judged on Europe, and if he he needs time to get ready for those qualifiers, so I would want the new manager in and starting his job as soon as possible. Fair enough, PR wise and all that, they're they're probably not going to do it when when we've still got games going under dialer, but we can't be going into like midway through the the summer transfer window and we still don't know who the man is because that would and and that's the thing with a lot of the managers that we've been linked with it's good that they don't have jobs because then we don't need to pay compensation but at the same time a lot of these managers are hedge, hedging their bets well, the likes yeah. of David Moyes is sitting going I'll just wait until the summer see what comes up exactly. and he, if he gets a better offer he'll take it well, aye, we're we, almost we can't be used. mugs we can't be mugs we're almost being used as Agreed. you know a, a levelling Celtic you can't say no to Celtic well an extra 20 grand yeah, a you, week I'll you, tell you, you definitely can say no to Celtic uh, particularly if you're going to get you know extra wages or something down yeah. south so I think a lot of managers are probably you know, testing the water with us but also putting it out there reminding other clubs by the way I'm about and I'm, I'm ready to go so yeah ready to rock and roll um, I, I want a manager who's you who know, wants to be the manager committed. for exactly. the right, right reasons rather than yeah. just you know waiting until something better comes along um, and that that's a, that's a really good point and I, I, I like your thinking there Martin um, with the uh, you know there's obviously a lot of rumours with everything just now uh, I've, I've heard rumours about how Dermot Desmond's sons are now... I, I want to know who... Where did that rumour come from? Well, I heard it from Kevin, Kevin Gillespie. Um, where did Kevin hear it from? I don't know. He doesn't really be, reveal his sources, but it might have been someone in the pub. Um, but I, th- 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 I want to find I've, out where these rumours come from. I've, I've heard that a few times. I'm not... This, I'm, yeah, Kevin told me, text me, um, and I've, I've heard a few things on, on Twitter. We're not in any way co- collaborating them, or, or whatever, but the point is... Do you think some change will come at board level over the summer? The fans are crying out for it. Do you think there will be maybe a sacrificial lamb in some way? Mm, no, it, they look a bit cliquey to me. So I, I don't, I don't see one of them uh, selling the, selling one of the other ones out. I do think that there needs to be. There's been poor oversight. So a, a board's all about, you know making sure that those that are employed by the club are, are held accountable for, for what their responsibilities are. Yeah. And at the moment, I kind of feel as if a lot of the guys are getting away with doing very little. Um, I think Lowell talks a great game and his connections across European football are, are valuable. And we're still, despite us being going backwards and, and not making it into the Champions League, we're still getting invited to these big ticket you know, international games, which it which is good because we still need to keep our profile high but if I was to challenge Lowell and say well do you know what what, what have you actually achieved personally in the last sort of 24 months or so I, I push him pretty hard on it because I don't think he's achieved very much and, and that to me is what the board should be doing now is, is pushing him to say you, you've got good experience you've you've been successful in the past you need to up your game yeah um, I, I kind of feel as if everybody's a wee bit too pally and there just needs to be a little bit more oversight and a little bit more accountability uh, and a willingness to sort of push people to, to really do their best. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Celtics deal with Daffabet, um, 2.625 million per year for four years. This is from inside the SPFL agent Scotland. Um, he tweeted this earlier. 
Um, Celtic's deal with Dafabet is worth 2.625 million per year for four years. That's the basics with heavily incentivised bonuses should they qualify for the Champions League. Do you think that might spur them on to maybe you know try and get into the Champions League? They should be doing that anyway. Aye. You, you, I imagine most contracts these days have that sort of piece built in because it'll be more exposure for them. There'll probably be something else in there saying you won't get the money if you're playing against a club that will only let you wear uh, a gambling thing in the front and you only have centre parks on it or something like that. So, Well, I'm going to bring uh, Louis McCaffrey, uh, the Housewives favourite, into this. Your thoughts on the fact that we now have a betting company as a sponsor um, because there's been a lot of cry outcry um, about it. What, what's your kind of take on it? I would imagine your hair, your hair is all over the place. <laughs> I don't know, man. Aye. That's why I would have been wearing my hat all day. That's a bank holiday hair. It's a bank yeah. holiday hair. B H A H bank holiday hair. Sorry. Thanks. Um, clearly, they, they were probably the best for business in terms of the amount of money that they were willing to put into the club. People get on their high horse about it. Fair enough. Barcelona had no club sponsor, then they went UNICEF, and do you know what? They would probably go to anybody now for like more Qatar money. Now, aren't they? Qatar. Yeah, the Qatar, Qatar Airways just now. It's it's just a, a fact of life. I, I don't think that it dis- diminishes the club or what the club stands for that much by having a betting sponsor. Half the, in fact, the majority of people that complain about Celtic having a betting sponsor talk about their coupons that they put on every week. That's it. That's now, it. If if you're if you're really offended by the fact that there's a betting company on the front of the top, then you you better be damn sure that you're you know you're being critical of betting companies all over the board. It's. I mean, it's it, it's not Wonga, for example. It's not. Aye, but aye, of of course, of course, and do you know what? I don't know. I've I've never really agreed with a whole kind of hatred towards whether it be alcohol companies or uh, betting companies. You try to tell me that you don't put on a curtain and have a pint now and again. What is what is the bother? I guess it, these things can be damaging to some people's lives, of course. But you're going to get that in everything. I mean. I, I really don't think it takes away or, or, or it, it sells the club short in any way. It, we're taking, we're, we are taking their money. They're giving us decent money to have their sponsorship. You know, I, I, I really don't think you can hold that against the board too much. People what? will, of course, but I, what are your, what are your thoughts? You, you can buy jerseys without the sponsors on it. So if if you don't want a jersey with the sponsors, and I don't get it. It doesn't even bother me that much, as it, long as it's not like some kind of munitions factory or something that we're... we're well, we can exclusively it. reveal that it is, in fact, a munitions factory. No, um, no. uh, I think probably more folk are going, well, who's Daffa bet? Can is, is that like some <laughs> kind of scaffy bet when it's like beneath Scott bet? And the what does scaffy mean? Is that an Edinburgh thing? Oh, maybe it is. Um, Jakey. Aye. I, if it was Ladbrokes or, or Well Hill or Shana. I, t- I tell you what if we had Paddy Power as a sponsor folk going brilliant yeah funny they do all the tweets yep and and if we had Paddy Power and, and Guinness then folk going yeah perfect so I I don't care so long as it's not 
uh, a company that's you know actually genuinely exploiting Earth, yeah, like Wonga or, or you Sports know. Direct. Then, oh, well, come on, we would never go down that route, would we? We're not silly. Nope. Um, okay. We've had a question. We've got quite a few questions. Well, uh, I've, I've got to tell you one. <laughs> I'm going to tell Let, you. Let's one. talk more about Philip Cocky. <laughs> <laughs> um, Craig, Mc, Craig McCaffrey, which is a bit weird because he's we've got the same second name, Craig. I don't know if. I don't know if we are related. Alcorta eighty one on the old twit box. We could we could be related. Um although he spells his double F E R Y M R E Y. Um he says Celtic starting line up day one of the new campaign with potential realistic new signings. Well, it's funny you should ask that, Craig. Um I came up with a, a lineup <laughs> for. The, I feel like yeah. Christian Wolf. Yeah. Um, I came up with a lineup for next next season, and this was uh, some weeks ago, actually some months ago. But um, here it goes. What's the formation, Louis? Uh, so it's a it's a four three three. A what? Already a fan of yes. this? Yes. Oh, yeah. you loving it? Actually, I like, I like the four actually. Three. It was a one four three three. If you want to include Gordon, because I think I think keepers should be involved in the formations. Anyway, um, <laughs> in goals we've got Gordon. Craig Gordon. Yeah. I'm keeping I, him now. By the way, just so you know, I thought he was phenomenal on Saturday. And I think he has been in really good form recently. And uh, if you don't like him, you can suck it. So we'll move on. Okay. Um, I've got, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you look like you're going to say something there, Martin, but you're just like, no. Nope. I, I think he's. he's uh, we're not going to buy somebody better than him because it'll cost money. So we'll get another couple of years out of him. Yeah. That's, that's great. And then Fazano walk in. No bother. He's Italian. He's well, already technically a keeper. Uh, Tierney's my left back. He's. <laughs> Who else is it going to be? Um, I've got Jozo, Sviachenko, and then Yanko at right back. Lustig, it's time to take a, a, a back seat, son. You'll play a couple of games. I'll be that. Um, in midfield, Whoa, uh, Yanko. You can get to your team in a minute. No, no, I'm just, I'm just going to challenge you on Yanko. With what? It's better be- games from him. It's better to challenge on. Every specific position. So, uh, the 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 floor is open to questions. I'm just. We've seen what eight games from Yanko. Uh, he might be brilliant, but I I think right back's an area we probably need to think about over the summertime. Right, right back. And, and given we ask our fullbacks to do a huge amount, if you look how productive Tierney is, if we could find somebody that's as productive. On the right hand do side, do we have someone? Maybe, maybe I mean, we do. Maybe there are some. Uh, there's a, a, a tyranny with a right foot. Exactly, and that's the thing, though. Like uh, you know, I think because of the emergence of young tyranny, um, people are maybe willing to think, well, okay, maybe we should just stick. You know, maybe if there is someone in the use, we'll give them five or six games to, you know, again succeed or fail I mean throw them in at the deep end well young Darnell Fisher now I know I'm not a fan I know I know but he has come on a wee bit of form uh, for St Johnson he was in the team of the week uh, last week he uh, the whole hopefully the whole point of putting players out on loan is they get enough experience that they can come back and play for you so okay maybe I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that I'm particularly enamoured by him, but let's see if he gets a fair chance. Why, why what, not? I, I, what I would say is um, I'm, I've not been a, partic- a, a particular fan of him when he was at Celtic, when I've seen him perform for Celtic, but he has done well at St. Johnson. Whether that's him finding his level or whether that's maybe showing that he can take a step up, give him a chance. I, okay. But but then, but then if you were to include him, then you've got Yanko, Lustig and Fisher. Now, I, right now, obviously, Lustig is the only viable option, but... He is aging. He's slowing down, and Yanko, for 
I mean, there, there was a lot of good things coming out of, like, my new fans on Twitter and social media and things were gutted that he was leaving. He won Young Player of the Year at, uh, or Academy Player of the Year at, uh, it, it, at Man it has U before he came. When he's, when he's played. It's just, it was a broken ankle. It's a yeah. really, for, for a fullback, you know, you don't know if that's maybe... But, we don't know, frankly. But, but has, has, it's has, taken has, ages to get back from it's it been a well. It's been a long it's time, like yeah. It's seven almost months. Seven months or something, play, yeah. I, I think it was October. I time. mean, he was on the bench at the weekend, but you would have to expect that he would play in one of the, the he, last he won't play the Aber- he, won't play, if, he won't play in the Aberdeen game, but no. if, obviously if we win that, if we win the league this weekend, I, he I might play I definitely agree. I think we've, we, Lustig's best years are behind him in that position, so we should plan ahead and... and Find a, a better right back, so it might be Yanko, but yeah, yeah, still I, still I, you know, yeah. Um, right midfield free. No, no, no. Let's. What? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to bring any other points? No. Right midfield free. Um, but the thing about defence is, oh Jesus, <laughs> uh, this is going to be revised on the spot a wee bit because when I done this, I included somebody in it that I shouldn't have. But anyway, uh, Rogic beat on, and I'm going to go with. Liam Henderson because I want Liam Henderson in that team now the only issue I have is that McGregor is not in that midfield free and I'm a big fan of McGregor if Beaton goes could possibly bring in I don't know about you I I, I think Henderson at times when, when Henderson played for Celtic I actually thought that he looked composed enough that I think he could play in almost a Beaton role rather than a Brown role that's a really lightweight midfield Listen, in, t- in terms of tackling, I, Rogic isn't a tackler. I don't particularly think Bitton's a tackler, and McGregor. It, we've not really seen him in that position. You want you want a thug in there? It's not, not necessarily. You thug. want a thug? I want someone who can actually tackle because Rod, none of them are tacklers. Name, name who they are. What do you mean? Who's the, who's the tacklers? Who's the thugs? It's not going to be Brown because you're not going to put him in the team, and if you do, well, you can leave. If you, if, um, and then McGregor's good at tracking runs th- and, and good at intercepting passes. Maybe not a tackler, but he does break up play. He did, he did it quite a few times on. on hey, Saturday. I, I tell you something. Maybe maybe I'm old fashioned. Maybe we don't need a tackler. Maybe we shouldn't have a tackler. We're we're crying out for a for a, a midfield general. Like a, we need a Cante. A Cante, yes. Yeah, we need we a Cante. We do absolutely. A, a laundry in Guemo. Fuck. Off. <laughs> but, a, but a better one <laughs> A Victor Wanyama Why didn't you just say Victor Wanyama Because I couldn't remember <laughs> So I went for Nguemo. Wow <laughs> Who was the boy that was on trial at Celtic From Len over in France And he had the mad hair He played in a couple of pre-season We had so many players on trial Corridon Corridon That was it That's your man we should have, He's an attacking midfielder. You can't Listen. remember Victor Wanyama who scored against Barcelona. Well, I, I, I saw Corridon play in the flesh and I thought, yeah, he's, he's okay. Corridon's no Dionalis, but. We should have signed him. We should have signed him. He's not going to do a job for us now, though. No, of course not. But his hair. His hair oh, should have got him the contract. Oh, I remember him now. Yeah. He scored like a wonder goal for PSG a couple of years later. That's right. Oh, yeah, there's the guy. That's the guy. Um, Right, we're moving up the pitch. Attacking Do you agree we maybe need to buy? Yes, no, absolutely. But then our our team's been crying out for that for a while. Yeah, I think so. Um, But yeah, I. It's it's this this is all pretty young, right enough. You got Rogic 
Armstrong, Allen, okay, is maybe not quite so young. Well, well, well look, look, look what um, experience has done for us. Not that much. Yeah. So is is Johansson going in the summer then? Well, apparently he is. But would you have him if you were brought in? Would you keep him or would would he be up the road? No, I would keep him. That's really interesting. <laughs> I, I would. His last two months or so, I would keep him on those performances as well. I'd keep him, get rid of Brown, but I th- but it's. Not in that four two three one because I think you you shoehorn him in in the number ten and we could have somebody far more creative in the number ten. If you play him in the two, the bit on Brown role, he's not very good at it. So I think again, go four three four four two four five what four six zero. Jesus, tell us some formations. <laughs> but can I can I um I I agree I agree with you that um on the basis of how he's performed recently and he has kind of found a little bit of form in terms of you know Johansson. I think the fans don't want him though. Sometimes you get a player who, whether you know, he would have to really hit the ground running next season, and he might. You know, I, I would keep him as well. I would definitely. I'm interested to see what a year or as year or whatever you call him. You know, whether he's going to have an opportunity or not. We're going to have to hold him for a year or so. Do you remember we had Key for a good like year before we actually gave him game we, time? We had, we had sat on the bench. I think it's we had one Yama for quite a while before he got his first uh, his, well, we, his first we try in the centre team. back. Yeah, we did. Yama right. didn't walk straight into the team. It's because Kyle got injured and then Wanyama kind of ah, took, took the mantle. I and I'd, I'd bring Kyle back now. Have you seen him for Brighton? <laughs> Right, we're going uh, right forward three. Right, we have Roberts, who I've got some things to say about. Right, Roberts, his boyfriend isn't here. Sorry, Samani isn't here to protect him. Griffiths and Ryan Christie. Uh, uh, I, I'm, I like all those guys. I think they're all great. Um. I, I'm a massive Christie fan. I was a fan of Christie before we even signed him. I was it was a guy I really pushed for his signing. Uh, yeah, I can't disagree with that. I wouldn't go with that lineup now. I know that's uh, in that formation, and I know that is you, you. You agreed that you would probably. Would you go through four three three one? Do you know what? I, w- I would look at who I'm playing against and I'd figure out what's the best way to batter this team. And that's why Martin should be putting his name oh, down. I think he's great. <laughs> just, just uh, as a wee added point, th- these are the the players that I was getting rid of. Okay, um, Skepovic, Stokes, Cole. Um, it's it's with a heavy heart. Um, <laughs> yes, you're not even joking. Forrest, Commons, Dirk, Mulgrew, Ambrose, Blackett. Blackett's um, going back anyway at the end of the I, season. So. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to include Brown in there because I, I think his time's up. So those players I would sell or release. But this is on the um, basis of you not really bringing anyone in. Yes. Oh, no, so, this is purely on the players that we have on the books right now. But uh, getting rid of those players so and the players... you would keep Colin Kazim Richards? Yes, Absolutely. Okay. There's no other player. There's no other player that gives would you, you not, that physical. Would you not maybe? And I'm just. I'm again. I'm just. I'm just asking questions. Would you not maybe look to give Skepovic a chance? <sighs> Don't forget Chifchi. Who? Oh, aye. Who? Nadir. Thank you. Nadir. <laughs> Nadir. A female deer. Yep. I, the only thing though, if you take out Colin Kazim Richards there, then you've got as like. A first choice, and then a backup. You've got Roberts, GMS, Griffiths, Christie, and Nesbitt. That's what I had down. 
That's very lightweight. N- Nesbitt got youth development player of the year, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's done well since he's been on th- played for th- uh, since he went on loan to Thistle. I don't know how well he's done recently. The thing is, if if you look at it, we've got Nesbitt, Henderson, and uh, Fisher. Three players that I I would bring back. Those three players are all playing. Fair enough, Henderson's at Hibs, but they're all playing do you know, week do you know, in, week out. Do you know what's quite funny? We used to always, and we have in the past, put people out on loan and they've came back and they've never done anything. That that We don't often, but McGregor, Henderson will come back and at least be in the mix for a first-team chat opportunity. Again, Fisher's probably the same. Was it? I've got it, your tackler. I know who the tackler is. Who's your tackler? John McGinn. Well, John McGinn would... Sign him up. John McGinn I would be. I know you are. You thought you was it yourself, Martin? That was more impressed with McGinn than they were with Henderson. Um, or was that just a one-off game? Like everybody would be. No, I, I think McGinn's quality. I really do. I haven't seen enough of him. If there was one player that right now that I know of that I would want us to sign, it'd be John McGinn from Scotland, certainly. Just. Anybody that I've watched that I would like to be in that Celtic team would be John McGinn. See if half of the Aberdeen squad had actual consistency within their game, you would take quite a few of those players. I think I think uh, Johnny Hayes is a great player. He's just not consistent enough. And I know that they wouldn't sign to us. Though. Johnny Hayes would. Johnny Hayes. It's massive. Well, I, sorry, I don't think Aberdeen would sell to us. Make them an offer they can't refuse. I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not saying we should sign Johnny Hayes. What I'm saying is, if if he was consistent, um, you know, if he was a bit more consistent, then we probably do you agree, disagree, or uh, we can do better. Yeah, we can do better. But we can get. We should some... aspire to do better than buy a player who's done well for a team that eventually hasn't put up much of a title challenge. He's looking at me quite angrily. Yeah, that we, quite, we, that our that aspirations quite, that should be more than I wasn't Johnny saying, Hayes. I wasn't saying. Dang. Well, that's how I took it. I'm really sorry. You can do better. It's all right. It's all right. Um, if you, would you like to have a bash at naming an, an, an 11 or... No, well, a while ago, I counted up how many first-team players that we've got in our books, including loan players, and it's pretty disgusting. We've got 39 players in our first-team squad. Apparently, we've got 85 players in professional contracts. <laughs> and and that's, that's okay for, like, throughout the youth team, but this is... There's names in here. They go, oh, bloody hell, he's still about, is he? So, yeah, Chiffchi was in there. Um, Blackett, Izzy, F.A., uh, O'Connell, Finlay, Fisher, Waters. These, that we've, that is a bloated squad. That's that's the problem Rangers had a couple of years ago under Ali McCoist. Yeah. They bought far too many players, and it's, it's a joke. So, I think the optimal squad number is about 25 or so. So, that's 14 you got to drop. If you want to bring in a couple of players as well, you've got to drop another three or four. So you've got to get a shift of about 18, 19 players, which is never going to happen. It's, I mean, it's, yeah. it's pretty disgusting how much wages is being lost on guys like Stokes and... Uh, Forrest. Well, Forrest will most, more than likely yeah, go. But that's that's one of the reasons why, for example, the board has to be held accountable. Yeah, yeah. I, where's the oversight when we're going on this signing spree and bringing in guys like... Who's at the top? Aye, Blackett. Why? Blackett is on loan, so he will be going back. But you, you, I'm not. That that doesn't make the fact he is still technically our player right now. So, yeah, I agree with you, Martin. Um, got some points. Got some. We uh, got some questions. But what did you think of? And ha- I don't know if you've actually looked into this. Scott Brown talking about Andy Walker. 
Yes. I'll just read out some of the some of the kind of quotes. Um, Best thing he's done all season. So he talks about, you know, we, we haven't got over the finishing line yet, but at the end of the day, people are going to criticise. So he's accepting that people are going to criticise. Andy Walker is one that goes out there and manage. <coughs> excuse me. Andy Walker is one of those that goes out there and manages to do it, but he has never had a manager's job or know what it's like to be coming in here day in and day out. He's pretty much a poor man's Gary Neville. It's every day and it does my effing boxing. Uh, just, I don't know, did he say effing or did he actually say fucking? It's a, it, I think he might have said fucking. Because it's got the wee bits. That's just this. Um, and then he makes a comment. Um, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure he would say when he was playing so many years ago that there was so many coming out and slaughtering people. But you think people are bigger than that and better than that, and maybe stick up for the club and manage it a bit more. At the end of the day, who cares? It's only him. Do you find Andy Walker? I find him to be so anti-Celtic never give Celtic credit for anything it's a consistent I, I find some Rangers pundits to give Celtic more of a, a, a positive spin than, than Andy Walker and that's obviously saying something what are your kind of thoughts great player um, lives on the south side as well you know but I just I, I, I find them to be negative it's pundits it's it's pantomime it's not it's not real anal- anal- analysis analysis Scott Brown needs to worry more about his own performance rather than getting too worried you, about what somebody who's it's the same with the guys on like Clyde and all that they're just pantomime villains it's it's no real do you think he's doing that to deflect I think I think Brown is probably really hurting is that he's not playing very well the fans are now very happy he's taking it to heart and he's maybe just vented a little bit and that's that's fine folk vent all the time but grand scheme of things who cares yeah Louis you seem to be happy by it Martin seems to be like the adult of the three of us. Oh no, very much adult so. stuff. Let's right. let's let's be let's back. be immature. Yeah, um, Andy Walker is a shower Bobby, of Bobby. <laughs> there you go, Scottish thing. Okay. A shower of piss, quite oh, frankly. Whoa. Um, yeah, um, no, I'm sure he's a really nice guy. Um, I'm sure if you were to chat to him, discuss politics and things, I'm, I'm sure he'd be really nice. Nancy Dresser. But when it comes to Celtic Football Club, he is horrendously negative he actually infuriates me more than anybody else and I include Neil McCann in that yeah. he, he, he annoys me he is the new Craig Burley I don't think he's I think he's the original Craig Burley I think he was always no but he, he seems to have really stepped up recently Craig Burley was asked I'm not going I'm going a bit back and forth but Craig Burley was asked about um, the Scottish Cup semi-final and he said he's the Scottish representative on ESPN in America and he went I don't really care I'm not really watching it I'm not going to pay attention to it you know that's that's how much Craig Burley but, really cares about Scottish football and that's the thing with these guys see if you're saying something and it's critical and, and as you say Martin it is all pantomime see if you actually have a critical analytical point to make and it's not just a negative one it's maybe well this is happening so why don't we try this this model isn't working maybe we should try this model but it's not it's just negative and negative and negative and to, it's to the point where you, well I just stopped listening to them <sighs> Years ago, I don't think I don't really care. Does Neil McCann annoy me? Not really. I, I find I feel Neil McCann to be laughable. I mean, obviously the whole going and getting the rule book and oh, teacher, teacher, look, this is why it's not a penalty. I find it laughable, and, and it's part of mine. So it's a good. Well, I, I think the, the what the hell happened thing? to you being immature? <laughs> oh, I, yeah, it's, it's Martin rubbing off on me. So much. 
you get a high quality product when you're watching English football because you're getting you're not getting pantomime villains. You're getting guys who actually provide a bit of insight and sh- telling you stuff that you've not seen as a as a fan. So yeah, we've we've had Davy Proven pinched from us because he's actually now like excelling. Kind of like he'll guy. tell you stuff when you're watching. Go, you know, what? I wouldn't have picked that up. But that's a, a professional that's told me that. Whereas. Up, up here we're getting Neil McCann, who you can almost predict what phrases Neil McCann will say. Um, it's the same with Andy Walker. It, it's they're just filling dead air, really. It's it's nothing. It, David Tanner's asking silly questions just to fill gaps yeah. as well. It's it's pointless. I, ideally, someday at Sky would go. I tell you what, Scottish fans deserve a bit more. Let's give them a bit better of a quality product. But they won't. No. Uh, just I'll come to you in a second, Louis. Do you think that Dyla got a... I know you're not here as often as, as, we, as we'd like, but do you think Dyla got a rough ride in the press? Um, I, I think he did, but I also think he brought on himself because uh, I think managers who talk too much about the style of football they're going to bring... Put down, lay down markers almost. I, I, think, I think they make life very difficult for themselves. Um, and whilst I, I, I think... Of all the Celtic managers that we've had in the last decade or so, Dyla's probably the most likable of the lot. I really enjoy listening to him, and I'm really disappointed for him personally that it's not worked out the way he thought. Um, but I do think that he's kind of... He just... He, he took something on too big, and he's kind of set himself up for a little bit of, of a fall. And unfortunately, it's just part and parcel of Scottish football that... there's saw all else to talk about so we just overanalyze and it's not even real analysis it's just nitpicking it's it's just idiots like Andy Walker filling your TV, uh, TV or filling the papers or whatnot. so uh, it's just part and parcel maybe guys who are more experienced than the board should have seen that coming and going certain things you maybe don't want to speak about too early on in your career because they'll, they'll eat you up with that later on so I, I don't know I I'm disappointed for for Dyla, but ultimately, you know, I care far more about the club and where that's going than any individual. Yeah, and I think that's an interesting point, and that's the the main point. Care more about the club than any individual, whether it be manager, whether it be player, whether it be, you know, but not more than you, (sighs) Gal. This is why you're on. This is why you should be on more often. Uh, You never say any of these nice things to me. When when was the last time you said that I made a good point? See, see what happens when you when when you come through from Edinburgh. You bring Viennese worlds, chocolate Viennese worlds. They're great. Okay, so we've got some questions. I'm, I'm I'm just waiting. Tee me up. We've we've got. Some <laughs> he's qu- like David Proven when he's speaking to you. He's like bloody Andy Walker when he's speaking to me. Oh, were you talking to me there? Aye, you. All right, go on. Sorry. Have your moment. <laughs> we were talking. Uh, okay, so we've got a question here, and the question brings up this sort of point that I want to make. Uh, you and MCF at Ouijian. Um, you and tweets quite a lot. Thanks as always. Thanks to everyone who tweets in. We genuinely do appreciate it. Every player has his price. You know where this is going. Will the balance sheet board sell young Kieran Tierney? How much will it, would it will the board take, and how unpopular will that be? So we're going to go to his agent, his uh, his soulmate, his his best friend, life coach, life coach. This guy is going to have a hell of an answer. Yeah, except ex- to Mister McCaffrey. If they were to sell young Tierney, 
Kieran is Christian name. If they were to sell him, I genuinely think it would be suicide for everybody on that board. I mean, I would riot. So if if if, if Tierney leaves, we riot. Aye. Why not? Tierney is the pretty much he's the antithesis of everything that's positive about the club I I didn't even know those words but if I did <laughs> that's what I would have said yes he is he's everything that we want he's everything that we stand for he is the living embodiment of Celtic Football Club <laughs> and if we let him go for for money for a couple of extra shillings would you let him go for 15 million I'd pounds? want my pound of flesh would you want him to if, if, if Liverpool offered legitimately right if tomorrow Liverpool turned around and said or Arsenal turned around and says we will give you 15 million pound and before they sold it the board came out and says we will invest all of this money and I'm just playing devil's advocate here we will invest the entire 15 million pound for Kieran Tierney into the first team would that be acceptable not even if it was one hundred million okay, right. pounds. I'm serious. I swear to God, Kieran Tierney leaves that club when he wants to leave. <laughs> Just he decides. If if he genuinely goes, listen, I've got this offer is here. I want to go and try my hand down in England. He can go with my best wishes, and I will track his career for every minute. At last, but if we try and sell him to make a buck, that will be absolutely devastating for us. Martin, your thoughts? I, I, I don't, th- I don't think we actively go to try and sell our best players. I think we end up getting bids that we just can't knock back. But I, I, so long as nobody's getting in Tierney's ear and offering him mega bucks to move down south, and there's no reason why we can't. Was he eighteen? We could we could hold him till he's twenty one, twenty two. Get three or four really strong years out of him, and he could still have a decade making mega bucks somewhere else. So, yeah. I'd really hope we sort of he keeps his feet in the ground and we keep him. But having said that, there's a pretty tidy left back in the under twenties. I think his name's Aidan McIndough. McIndough. Yeah. Um, you can correct me on the pronunciation uh, pronunciation there, but McIndough. I think I think that's, I made that up. But he was excellent when I saw them uh, against that uh, mob from Hungary. I think you you've you've been to one or one or two games this season. Just the one, but I like to bring it up enough <laughs> you to make it, it sound like it's I been thought you were going every week. I, ha- I have watched a lot of uh, since that game. I've watched a lot more of the highlights of their games online cool. and, and read a few of their match reports as well. And obviously, they they won it. The the under seventeens won the Glasgow Cup. Well, that, yeah, it's it's hard to keep track because the age groups keep changing all the time. But yeah. it, so the the team that I saw were predominantly under twenties, but the guy. Uh, who played up front was Jack Aitchison, yeah, who turned out he was only like 15. So he's been playing in the Glasgow Cup team, but he's also been playing the in the, the, the sort of European development team. He signed a new contract this week. Um, he's incredibly rated at the club. Let's let's hope we get we, we see him break through in, you know, in the next couple of years. Uh, we've got questions. Uh, Genty, at Genty1888, a, a cynic himself. Hard What's that accent all about? I believe that's aimed at you. <laughs> Do you know what? It's not even really an Edinburgh accent that much. It's more of a Hillsborough Dumbarton twang from my folks, but that's that's okay. It actually is. It's not as Edinburghian. It doesn't offend me. No one said that. Wait, no one's. I think that's what Hardy's insinuating. Uh, 
she's the at she's the asks or makes the point. Only one story tonight. Should we? Should we as a club tolerate Sviachenko's dancing? There were kids there, for goodness sake. He has to go now. I can see where he's coming from. That was horrific. I switched over. I missed the dancing. I saw Effie's somersaults and thought, it's not getting better than that. <laughs> well, um, I, I, I was I turned over because I thought David Tanner might be on. Walking by his somersault was pretty impressive. Um, McGregor's role was hilarious. But no, the Sviachenko's dancing. We're, we're, we're with you. Get rid of him. Sack him. Am I right? What what kind of dancing was it? It wasn't good. Was it? Was it, it was like this. It was like yeah. Was it like? It was literally. That's, like that's the birdie song. <laughs> Not far off it. Okay. Um, Urban but birdie song. With this guy, um, you put was it yourself, Louis, that put a tweet from the cynic today, basically saying that Kieran Tierney should be captain. How did you know it was me? Stupid idea. Stupid tweet. If uh, <laughs> Jesus, he is the adult. Um, with you know, there's a bit of uncertainty about Scott Brown. Let's see, Scott Brown. Well, people are saying it even now. Should Sviachenko be captain? Um, no. I I I, th- I think you put. Oh. I think you give it a lot more weight to the captain's armband than what maybe I insinuated in my tweet um, which I totally respect but I, th- I, th- I think the boy has carried the team at times he has he's not completed a full season because he was only really in the first team from about October and consistently uh, he's 19 uh, he's, a le- he's, a, he's a 19 year old left I'm, back I'm not saying make I'm not saying make him captain Permanently, I'm not saying <laughs> you did I, kind of say that. No, I'm not. I'm not saying make him club captain. I'm. I'm saying as a gesture, give him the armband for I, a game. I think when, that's a kick when, in the teeth for for Griffiths or Lustig. I mean, whether you like him or not, he is. Yeah, the, he's I, the vice I, captain, I, and he's been there for a long yeah. time. I, I don't think you dick, he dick creeps, around. That's how you you really hack people off in the dressing room is when you're fanny about with. I would be a stuff. terrible manager. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. <laughs> I, I accept that. At least you're self-aware. Um, because Scott Brown has said that he's not going to play in the last couple of games um, due to... He says he's got issues with his hamstrings and that's the reason... What the shit? That's why he's not um, uh, being able to perform at this level. So, I mean, th- th- there is going to be the, a call for, you know... I guess Lustig is the vice-captain. He is, he is. So, I, th- I think Mulgrew might be, actually. It's just he's never in the squad. Because he's always injured. Um, but let's leave that. Um, Jamie Moore at Micro... Chi, micro chi, signing targets for the summer. Um, I guess McGinn would, would definitely be would be high on my list. Um, I don't necessarily know if he's overly needed. I think. Can we get that guy Rosenberg from Malmo? We possibly could. It depends if you want to play a one up front, though. If you're playing one up front, that to me, Rosenberg is the type of guy who would excel. Is, in he, a two. is he old now? I don't know enough about him. I just remember watching him and thinking, oh, I really wish we had Rosenberg. He was really good in Germany, and then he went to West Brom, and he wasn't as successful as successful because West Brom, you know, you know what I mean. Um, I think he's got a lot of talent. He's got a lot of skill. I don't know if. Injuries have taken their toll. Christian would obviously be able to tell you tell you more than we would. Um, I don't believe he's like he might be in his early thirties. You should never buy a player on one performance, but um, yeah, we should buy him <laughs> <laughs> on that one performance. Um, Louis, I mean, we t- we kind of went through your for your through your team, but we would be looking for 
uh, maybe a, a, ta- a midfielder who would have maybe a bit of um, uh, bite, bite, bite. Would be maybe looking for, would we be looking for two centre halves? Considering you'd hopefully they'd get rid of Effie Ambrose, then you've only really got really got um, bring one of them through. So buy one centre half and bring one Keller or McConnell. I think I think or even just have I think McConnell's injured again. McConnell's injured again, and that's quite a few. He's been on loan three times in this. You know he's injured again. So I've not even been that impressed with him when he's played for us. No, I'm going to be controversial. Three at the back. No, no, even more controversial. I don't think we will sign another centre half, and I. I, I, I'm, I'm going to suggest that we don't need to. Because there's method in <laughs> my mind. Right? There's confusion in the room. Confusion. Hold on, hold on. Okay. Right. Sviachenko has clearly got something about him. So he is number one at centre half. We all agree? He's first choice. Yeah, you, you'd say so, yeah. 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 He is first choice, but I think we've lowered the bar in terms of our expectations on centre-halves. I think, uh, can I just quickly say, no. I, th- I think the adulation for Shevchenko is very, very premature. Very premature. But I like him. I think he's got something about him in we, terms of We've a not seen him in a European game yet and he kind of strikes me as a guy who could get skinned alive. Very slow. Anyway. Shevchenko would be number one. Jozo. Jozo, we have paid more money for him than we have paid for any other player in any other position and same figure for Raphael Shite that we've paid for him he said quite some time so if you let him finish no but seriously I think it is the same value that we paid we paid five and a half million for Raphael Shite and Shite and apparently you know people on the internet and we can only go by I don't know how it says five and a half million. Now, people are saying, no, five and a half million was the entire package. Louis was in the middle of a good point there. Yeah. Right. It was you that ruined it. No, you didn't ruin it. Go right, on. so he, when he is fit, fair enough, he might not be ready for these qualifiers and all that sort of stuff. They're, they're saying he'll be but ready for the playoff. He has to go into that team. He has to be, by his price, you would imagine, he would have to be even your first choice, even ahead of Sviachenko. But the two of them, we've not seen them together, but I think that they could be a decent partnership. Yozo's young, captain of the, the national under-21s. He's fast, that's his biggest attribute. He's, he's quite pacey. Whereas he's fast when he's laid up with a yeah. Dead knee, well, exactly, yeah. and that's the fear. If it comes well, back well, that, that, yeah, obviously that's a big question mark. But I think if if we had them all fit, if all centre halves are fit, those would be your first two. Mulgrew, to be fair, has in games where you do dominate possession, and you know you're not get people running at you. Then Mulgrew has been has has done reasonably well. He's 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 kind of almost steadied the defence enough in the games that he's played recently none of us have the opinion that he's, he is good enough do you, think, do, you think Char- do you think Charlie Mulgrew wants to sit in the squad at this point in his career I, I think Charlie Mulgrew, Mulgrew is probably pretty settled in his life in Glasgow and his 
connection to the club. I don't think he would want to move and uproot his family and everything like that. Obviously, you would want every single player at the club under contract to want to play in the first team. Of course, he's got a position. But he's got a position in the Scotland squad just now, and if he's in the Scotland first team, if he's not playing, and I'm just making a point, I'm not. If he's not playing, then he won't get picked. And I think he he realizes maybe that his time at the club's up, and he, he should move on. Because he for for me he's he's never a first choice player. But I'm talking about as a backup. Could he do a job for however many games in a season as backup for someone? Yes, he could. Boyata, could he do a similar job as backup? Yes, he could. If you are going to bring in and pay good money for another Yozo, or an, because of the money that you pay, then you got you kind of have to play, play these players. Sviachenko has shown enough to suggest that, never mind money, he is good enough and has something about him, he should be in there. Yozo, is, I'm going on price tag, and the game's, fair enough, he, he has played a number of games for us. He... Looked as Boyata looked better next to Jozo than what he did without him. So I put that down to Jozo being a, a, a bit more of a kind of commanding influence. We, we, we said that at the time that he looked as if he'd, he'd stabilised things. So players like Boyata, Ambrose would be the other one. Ambrose, let's sell Ambrose. No, no one here is seriously going to tell me that he should play week in, week out. So he need he needs to go. For, to be honest, Effie Ambrose needs to go for his own benefit because he's became a bit of a joke figure at the club. When he comes on, people laugh. You know what? He's not the he is he really isn't the worst player in the world. It's just the expectation level up here. If you make a mistake and it costs a goal, you know people are. I think people are too quick to criticise players at times. But Effie Ambrose has had too many opportunities and he's screwed up too many times in big games so I don't think there's a place in, in our, for Celtic moving forward for Charlie Mulgrew I don't think there's a place moving forward for Effie Ambrose Boyata on the verge of the Belgium team there's a good chance he'll be in the Belgium squad for the Euros is he going to sit on the bench I'd be surprised if he'd want to so you know, then we've got uh, Jozo who has been injured, and they're saying he's not going to be back till August. Can we count on him? I don't, I don't know. So we're actually are, in, in my mind, we're looking really, really weak at, um, at, at defence. And even if we do have that full backline, that's a really young backline. Yanko's twenty two, and then, by the way, I, I don't necessarily think that that having a young backline is necessarily a bad thing. But you know, I always say, well, look, look how far experience has got us, and it's true. We've, we've the experienced players have let us down. But if you have a really young backline with a little, with little experience, you know. But then I, I think if you, let's say it was as as I'd seen it, Tierney, Yozo, Sviachenko, and Yanko. Yes, all very young, limited experience, but all with potential. All you would hope will will have enormous room to develop individually and collectively. If you had all four of those young players playing consistently every week and build up a proper continuity between them, I think you're on to a winner. Someone like Lustig, who is not going to play every game, who is not going to be there for the next couple of years, I think... 
playing players like that just because of their experience. And I, I'm, I'm, I love Lustig. Brilliant. He's, he's been brilliant for us. Steady, dependable most of the time. But this year has not been his best season. No way. So, I, I want some continuity. I want the same four players playing for the majority of the games next season. I, I'd be, I'd be happy with that back four, but I, I don't think a lot of our defensive problems this season have been caused by the defenders. It's been due to being overexposed by, by the midfield, the midfield just parting and letting players run through them, or fullbacks being far, being asked too much of them. And then given too much of uh, a job for the centre back, so I think it would work having those four guys there. But you've got to have a far smarter midfield that's willing to protect them a lot more and not leave them halfway up the park, man to man, and getting skinned. So it's it's part of a. There's about three or four different bits of the jigsaw that kind of need to be solved to for for our defence to work. But yeah, I, I, I think those players that Louis named, though, if we don't bring anybody in, then I. Go for it, and we'll yeah. see where it gets us. The only thing I think we'd ma- we, we would mention, as we've mentioned just there, would be fitness. You know, with uh, Janko coming back from big injury and um, Jozo being uh, you know being out for so long, that's that's your fear. Um, Hipster Celtic at Hipster Celtic, uh, best Finiston boutique coffee shop. Ugh, boutique coffee is so past it. Um, Donald Graham, favorite game versus Dundee United. Hashtag relegation. Uh, Dundee can relegate United tonight. That's right. Yeah. Um, favorite currently no no. D- did you you see Walter Smith having a slide to get them the other week, which is pretty bad form considering he's a, a forward, legend, forward, you know, tangerine guy as well. Yeah, what an arsehole That was just when it was. You like him now? Eh? Great. Uh, such con- I didn't say you didn't. Such conviction. I agree with you in terms of just like well again it's, it was part of it was part of the whole you know we've a right to be bitter sort of you know you all let us down and kind of Dundee United deserve to go down because of what they they did basking in our glory is <sighs> disgusting. Uh, Napoleon at under Napoleon underscore Celtic. Uh, you know IKEA do those laptop stands in green as well. Uh, thanks very much. My yeah, girl used to go out with. Might have stole it from her. Uh, Owen at Just a Boy says, "Oh, biscuits! What type of biscuits are they, Martin? You, what have you graced us with?" So, um, look at the excitement in his face. Like Borders uh, and their family biscuitiers. Since I can't read that, I need my specs on. It's uh, nineteen eighty-four. That is right. Really? Right. That's not as long as I thought. <laughs> right, um, and they are light and chocolatey Viennese whirls. You only get eight in a box, though. Part, part but of you the can classic recipes range. You can tell why, though, because they are, you wouldn't want to, you know, too many of them. I, I picked up the box, and it's right up Hipster Celtics. Uh, it's got our philosophy uh, That's on the what you want. back of the box. That's what you're, oh, you're looking for. So see, when I look for any sort of biscuit, it's always the philosophy. I go straight That's to the right. philosophy. And if, if it Ronnie, doesn't have if, one... If Ronnie Dyla was a, was a, a biscuit... Yeah, he'd be, be a, a Borders biscuit. Viennese yeah. world. Yeah. Yeah. Those those Viennese worlds don't taste anything like their philosophy, so it would be like <laughs> a <laughs> Ronnie Tyler biscuit. They're a bit underwhelming. Yeah, um, Kieran Call at Kieran underscore Celtic. Hypothetically, would you take an ex Rangers player as our next manager? An example being Van Bronckhorst of Feyenoord. It is an interesting point. Would you take an ex successful player who had played for Rangers if you knew they were going to do a good job for us, or is that 
betraying the club. Blah, blah. It's more aggro than it's worth. So yeah, no. I agree. Really, I'm quite surprised at that. I thought, would you not just want the best man for the job? In I don't think any former Rangers players can end up being the best man for a job. <laughs> okay, he's doing the stare thing again. Like yeah. he's doing the stare thing. Can, just on that on that point, uh, do, I, do, can I just say, I, I, if uh, he was no. the best person for the job, I, I, I think I would willing to think about it certainly um yeah think about it but if if i was do you think the fans would choice. do you think do you think the fans would never accept it i don't i'm i'm don't care about what the fans in general i just don't think it'd be a smart move i, I don't i don't understand how Rangers or Celtic are such polar opposites. I, I just don't understand even a Rangers player even putting themselves in a position to be considered. I just, well, it's beyond the realms of my understanding. If, understanding, I, yes. if I go back to the odds that I have on my, my phone, you might be surprised by this. Uh, one ex-Celtic player who was so heavily linked with uh, the position in the past is Jackie McNamara. Nope. Oh, no, no, Camden. Obviously, linked with the Celtic job, talked about it when he, you know, in the past. He's down south now. Blah blah blah. About to get sacked with York. Jackie McNamara is a hundred to one. Do you want to know who else is a hundred to one? Derek McInnes. Ali McCoist. <laughs> what? The bookmakers put the same value on Jackie McNamara <laughs> being the same the Celtic manager Come as on. they do Ali McCoist. And other ones at a hundred to one, Steve Ian McCla- Paisley, <laughs> Steve, <laughs> Steve McLaren, uh, Martin Yall, John Hartson, Jim uh, Franco Zola, terrific. Um, the only man who has greater odds than a hundred <laughs> to one is Jose Mourinho at hundred twenty-five to one. Just hundred. So there is more chance of us having Ali McCoist as a manager than Jose Mourinho. <laughs> I would take McCoy's over McNamara, by the way, I tell you. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. That was a joke. No, you bloody wouldn't. No, I, no, I bloody wouldn't. <laughs> uh, Christian Wolf, how's Martin's beard? Terrific. Classy. It's more of a stubble than a beard now. Yeah, Jesus. I say that with a little bit of disappointment. If you think that's stubble, what the hell have I got in my face? Uh, nothing. You can't even see a beard there. Um, when Kieran Caw tweeted about the ex Rangers manager, um, ex Rangers player, Celtic Vines, Celtic underscore Mind Vines mentioned maybe Alex Ferguson. That's about it. Fair enough. Um, Tomo at Jock Tamson eighty nine. How many of you were greeting when Ronnie rounded up his staff and the players and saluted the fans? It was quite emotional. I thought that was a digger. Really. I, I took that the wrong way. <laughs> I, I look at Twitter messages in a whole different light today. Oh, aye, I can imagine. Um, thoughts? Yeah, fine. <laughs> he's a he's an emotional robot. It's, he's dead inside, as as we know. As I did expect any team when they win a trophy, I take nothing out of it. I can assure you, Christian Wolf was crying into his. Skinny, latty, soy. Well, well, the other thing about coffee. bringing Brendan Rodgers in is that it kind of keeps Christian fairly credible as a cynic. It's a very good point. It's a very good point. So, so basically, I, I think, yeah. do you want to reevaluate your your views on Rodgers? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. I, I think Christian's uh, a very credible cynic. Cynic, cynic for life, and uh, once a cynic, always a cynic. Um, except that guy at the beginning. And also, he's very difficult to actually be in an argument. He's too smart for me. He says fancy words. He does. 
scratch below the surface. There's nothing there. Nah, nah. Which I like because I've spoke. I've seen. I've seen. We've seen Christian drunk. He, he'll admit he does not know what he's talking about, anything what he's talking he's about. He's getting invited on Radio Scotland to talk about football. They're going to forget, they're going to absolutely pap him to the side, and then in a couple of years down the road, Celtic will, uh, Scotland will play Norway or something, they'll be like, let's get Christian back on. They'll cash that check once more. Martin McGuigan at MT, um, uh, MT McGuigan. Interesting one. And it's something we didn't talk about in terms of, you know, your formation. Should we play Armstrong in the brown role? For the rest of the season. As in the Scott Brown rule or just <laughs> <laughs> the jobby position. <laughs> <laughs> he's having a good time. He's happy. He's smiling. He, he flicks and it freaks uh, me uh, out. Yeah, give Arm- Armstrong has been crap all season, but he's not a left winger, so give him a shot in the do middle you, do of the pitch. Do you have hope for him eventually? I've got play? hope for every player that we buy. I don't, but some of them are not up to scratch. Some of them probably could be better if they're played in the right position. So give him a crack, as you said. You know, if he's not good enough, then fine, we'll, we'll ship him out. But at least give him a fair crack at the whip. Yeah. Louis, agree with that? Uh, yes, kind of. I think he, 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 the only reason he's going to probably get his chance is because Johansson's also out. I think if Johansson had been uh, was available... I think McGregor would come in for Brown, as he has done this season. He seems to be the one that has stepped in to replace either Beaton or Brown or whoever when when they're out injured. Armstrong might get his chance. It'd be good to see him in a more central role, but he has really disappointed me though. To the point where I'm, I'm I, I I don't like. I, He's going to have I, to win people I, round. I want to see Alan. I want to see Christie because I haven't seen what they've been able to do in a Celtic shot yet. And I've kind of already made my mind up about Armstrong that he's so no, he's, he's, he's got no he's enough. got to win people round basically. It's yeah. it's so frustrating though that you see guys like Armstrong played out of position and you look and you go that's exactly where Christie could go. Why exactly. why are we not giving him a shout? What, you know that mean, didn't see what sense. I'll bring back. I'll bring and uh, the arm when Armstrong played when we played against him to Milan. Armstrong was one of the best players on the pitch. Now people will turn around and say like it wasn't the type of Inter Milan, but Armstrong was running beyond the strikers. He scored the goal. I'm not saying that Armstrong is, you know, you know, the answer to our prayers. I just, I've, I've been a fan of him for a long time, and as keep going back to it, let, give him the opportunity to fail at least. Um, and I think a new manager will come in and go, "You've got attributes. Where have you been playing, son? Left hand side of midfield. Right, we're just going to stick you in the middle because that's cl- that's where you should be playing." He should definitely do what I used to do and say, "Oh, I'm I'm definitely a forward." And I go, "No." I know you're a right back. <laughs> you stay a right back. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're a right back. <laughs> what one kind of worry I have though is is that the new manager comes in and you know there's players at the club that I want to see. For example, like those that I mentioned, Christy Allen. These are players that we've not seen enough of, and I worry that we won't see them. I worry that there's, we're going to have to get rid of some midfielders and I think we're going to lose ones that we've never got the chance to really see shine um, or, or, or have a fair crack yeah, of the whip. I, as we have done with the likes of Shifty or whatever, if, if you want to say that, that, you know, as you say, at least give them the chance. I think some of them are not are definitely not going to get that chance and they'll just I would be just put it on. this way moving into next season I know we're, we're kind of wrapping up here we've went a wee bit over because Martin's came through from Reading before us um, what I would say is I would rather it's a shit excuse for ro- <laughs> running over 
No, it's not. It's a really good excuse. Okay, that's fine. Um, the M8 can wait. M8 can wait. Great band. Um, see, I would rather someone like Christie gets a chance next season over Gary Mackay Stephen for a chance. For, for example, I was a Mackay Stephen fan before he came, and I do think he's a good player. I just don't think he's going to perform at the level we require him to consistently. So, Gary Mackay Stephen, um, if he's happy to sit on the bench, if, if the new manager wants him, I would rather Christie or Alan get a chance ahead of someone like Gary Mackay Stephen, who I think's had a pretty fair crack at the whip and hasn't performed. Guys like Forrest, too, really need to move on for his own benefit, if nothing else. But, anyway, um,. Mark at MTWeed67. Main position to strengthen in the summer transfer window. Martin, I want one position. Where is the main one we have to strengthen for you? Our centre midfield has let us down significantly this year, so we need a new Nguemo or Victor Wanyama. Why did you go Nguemo first? It's bizarre. Louis? Corridon. Bring him home. <laughs> um, no, no, I, 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 I agree. Um, I think... Other positions we could make do, which probably isn't a good thing, but I think centre midfield, um, it's been too lightweight and we need someone a bit more commanding. Um, the position I would say for, uh, do you know, it's funny because, you know, I say we need to bring in a striker as well because Griffiths can't do it all, all on his own next season. He needs to either give Skep a chance or get rid of all the strikers and bring another goal scorer in. The thing is, everybody plays with one striker now there's no point spending money on a guy unless it's going to be somebody who's going to be playing ahead of Griffiths. So I'd rather spend the money on a guy who's straight into the first 11. Why Why do you like him so much? Because he's saying the things that I've been saying and no one listens to me. Yeah, bring in a striker or bring through a youth guy, but Griffiths is number nine. What, what, until but, he's what happens if Griffiths, you know... Little, has an unfortunate act. Oh, that sounds like I was going to get him whacked. Um, what happens if Griffith has an injury at the start of the season? Oh yeah, you got to prepare for that. But buy players for going straight into the first team. And at the moment, Griffiths is one of maybe three okay, players no, it, who are nailed on as the, it's, the it's starting a, it's, lineup. It's a fair point. What about what about the young uh, boy Luke Donnelly that plays up front for the development squad? Did you see him in the game? No, that you were at. No, he, uh, it was Aitchison that played because I think. Their usual forward was suspended. I'm sure. I'm sure his first name's Luke, but Donnelly anyway's a really tall boy. He is this a guy that's been papped out? He's missed out in the Scotland squad. Or I don't it, there was a guy who scored during the week, who should have been in the next. Oh Scotland. no, I, 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 he wouldn't have been playing in the Glasgow Cup game. But he he scored. He scored quite a few goals for the for the development team. I've not seen him in the lineup recently, so I don't know if he's maybe injured just now. But um, he was scoring quite a, quite a lot of goals. He looks kind of gangly type, but he's any time I've seen him, he's actually looked really good. And when you think about it, strikers-wise, actual strikers, when was the last time we had a youth player, a good youth player through the academy that was a striker? I think what could have been a good player, but it, there's something not right there. Who? Tony Watt. Oh, Tony Watt, yeah. Um, Tony Watt, I think, yeah. He's, he's, he's had, I think, double figures in terms of clubs, and he's still only 22. But so, um, just to kind of round it up, um, Derek McLean at Derek McLean 1970. Colin Chasm Richards is not the dud he's made out to be. Agree? Yep. Yep. To, yeah. to a certain extent, yeah. To, to a certain extent. I don't think he's good enough long term, but I don't think he's. he's no doubt. 
He's, yeah, he's not the abomination that some people have made him out to be. Uh, okay, just... It, it, is his hair actually growing at that rate, or is it extensions? Because it's like it's like a Monty Python sketch, and every time you see him, his hair's grown like another four inches or something. <laughs> it, it's incredible. Uh, I like it though, but it's it's grown really, really fast. I think it's terrific. Yeah, um, D- Divot Boy at Divot Boy. Why has Bruni played this play, been played despite carrying an injury? Not as if his form whilst injured merited it. Merited it. It's a good point. Um, you know why? Why has he been playing if he's been injured? Then again, is it? Does there anyone who can really fill that role that he, he plays? I, I think Scott Brown. If he tells the the manager I'm fit, then first one of the first the manager the just team. takes his word for it, and you play him. And he's a sort of guy that will play through the pain barrier. But it, it, if that's the reason why he's been so poor, fair enough. Give him another year, to, uh, another crack at it. But if that's an excuse to cover him just being pretty poor, then you know. Maybe it's time for him to, to excuse. Move on. Move on. Um, okay, that's great. We have one more comment. It was from Scott Moore who wanted to make the comment that um, the biscuits were such hipster biscuits. So thank you for hipster. Is he listening live? <laughs> no, because he put out some pictures of the biscuits. Oh right, okay, got you. Do but you know how live works? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I'd, I'd lost it for I couldn't figure out how we'd be able to the the wonderful Louis McCaffrey the housewife's favourite put out a picture of the biscuits so well, I th- I think we should do a live podcast what do you mean live not a live live one like a phone in li- one well I mean we like our fans do we want them to phone in is there an appetite for that give us a tweet yeah. genuinely we we record every Monday usually about seven at seven p.m. would there be an appetite to have a a facility that uh, if you wanted to phone in and make a comment, um, but not even not even that we. God no, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we don't need to put people under pressure. Uh, Walter Smith on the line. Yeah, I know. We don't need to put people. Charlie Mulgrew. Pre- I've pre- heard some stuff, mate. <laughs> under pressure to to phone in, but even if you just wanted to be able to listen to it being recorded live. Yeah, let that's, us know. That's, that's a good point. Know. If you want to hear it, then, or if you know, yeah, it's a good, it's a good point. And uh, it's just up whether people One of, want, if there's an appetite for points from Louis this evening. Yeah. Thanks, man. Uh, if there's an appetite for us, tweet us and, and let us know. Martin Friel, it's been way too long, and we hope to see you sooner next time. How many podcast appearances has it been this season? Um, two, so I think I'm up there next with season. Ankle. I think you're right up there with Brian McManus. To be oh. fair. <laughs> so next season, how many? Um, it's you know getting a routine. I've got. Few commitments at home and whatnot, but yeah, it's good fun. So I'll try and make it through. Maybe up to three. You got to remember with uh, with you know young your, your young boy. We Gus, aye. we Gus, um, and you know Christian's young boy, and I'm sure you'll have some at some point, uh, Louis. Hopefully uh, not next season. No, but uh, the point is that this, this is the long game of the handover. A crash or something. You know. So and you know in fifth, you know eighteen years. That's when the handover happens, the and we, we the young team take over, and we we hand over. So the CYT, Senate Young Team, Senate Young Team. Uh, it's been a pleasure as always, Martin. No, I've enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Thanks for the biscuits. Um, at Odge nineteen, what is it again? At Odge nineteen eighty three O D G E. You can find him. Uh, he, he's done some great stuff for the website. The I fort- don't really tweet a lot though. No, so I don't worry about it. <laughs> You love everything this man has to say today, don't you, Louis? He's, he's terrific. Yeah. Uh, Louis McCaffrey? Yep. See you next week. Uh, if I'm invited, or, unless there's some Norwegian journalist that wants to come on again, I get papped off. We'll rest you. You'll definitely be on next week. Don't you worry. Well. Yeah. 
I'm still young. I can't play every week. Yeah, exactly. You're the young Tierney of the of the group. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Ninety Minutes Cynic. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Ninety Minutes Cynic. There is a website. It, it's not as updated as it should be. Ninety Minutes Cynic dot com. Although we do have managerial profiles coming up. Do we uh, really? Can we say that? Yep, Martin's going to do one. We're going to condense them into hundred forty yeah, characters. I'll, I'll, I'll do one on Robbie Nielsen, and it'll say no. Louis not happy about oh. that. Um, you can follow us our speaker account, speaker.com slash the 90 minute cynic. We're also part of the Hail Hail Media group. Um, speaker.com slash, um, I think it's just if you type in Hail Hail Media into the speaker uh, account. Uh, we're also on iTunes, but we, we tweet all of this. So if you follow us on Twitter, it's at 90 minute cynic. Um, I'm Chris Gallagher. I'm if, spe- if you're listening, you've found us anyway. Which is a point. No? I was doing my round up. Alright, okay, sorry. Crack on. <laughs> I'm Chris. Still another great point. <laughs> I'm Chris Gallagher, and we'll speak to you down the road. Give me some brew and I might just chill But I'm the type that likes to light another joint Like Cypress Hill I still feel these spit loogies when I puff on it I got some bucks on it but it ain't enough on it Go get the S-T-I-D-E-S Nevertheless I'm hella fresh Rolling joints like a cigarette So pass it across the table like ping pong I'm gone, beating my chest like King Kong And some wrap my lips around the phony And when it comes to getting another stogie Fools all kick in like Shinobi Know me ain't my homie Pull out the fat crispy Five dollar bill on the real before it's history Cause who's be having a vacuum lungs And if you let them hit them a free, you well a dumb I come to school with a tailor on my earlobe Avoiding all the flick teasers, skeezers and weirdos Got me throwing off the land like where the bomb at Give me two bucks, you take a puff and pass my bomb back Suck up the dank like a slurpee The serious bomb will make a nigga go delirious like Andy Murphy I got more growing pains than Maggie Cause homies nag me to take the dang out of the bag. Burn slow so the ashes won't be burning in my hand, bruh. Hoogies get hit, but they know they got a pitch and bend. I roll a joint that's longer than your extension. Cause I'll be damned if you get high off me for free. Hell no, you better bring your own slip cheap. What's up, don't babysit that? Better pass the joint. Stop hitting cause you know you got asthma. Crack the body open, homie, and guzzle it. Cause I know the weed in my system is getting lonely. I gotta take a whiz test to my PO. I know I feel cause I done smoked major weed, bro. And every time we with Chris, that fool rolling up a fat. But the tango race straight had me.
stop at the light, made my yesterday night thing. Got me hung off the night train. You fade I fake, so let's head to the east. Hit the stroll to nine oh so we can roll big high sheets. I wish I could fade the eight, but I'm no budget. Still rolling the two though, cut the same old bucket. Foggy window, soggy endo. I'm in the land getting smoke with my kid. I've been smoked, yeah, just spray your layer down. Up in the OAK, the town. Homies don't play around, we down there, blaze a pound. Then ease up, speed up to the ESO, drink the PSOP up with the lemon squeeze up. And everybody's roller, I'm the roller. That's quick to fold up, blunt out of a bunch of sticky doja. Hold up, suck up my weed, it's all you do, kicking feet. Cause we're IBs, we need to have like the foo foo. 